Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. This is your host, Pastor Alex, and we are back in it once again with a brand new episode on your Friday date, I guess. I don't know, whatever date it is for you that you're listening to this, but new episode. It is uh, re- going to be aired on a Friday, which means we will be uh, dropping an- the last episode on Habakkuk today. And then next week, we are going to talk about Christian freedoms and Christian liberties. And we're going to dig into a post that I put up that seems to uh, really have drawn some division amongst the groups of Christians. And so we're going to talk through what the Lutheran perspective of Christian freedom entails. And we will be touching base on on an assortment of ideas and topics in that episode. So that will be next Friday. This week, obviously, is Habakkuk chapter 3 and... There's not a ton of verses in this one. Uh, It's only 19, so uh, we should be able to cruise on through it. So before we get into the heart of the topic at hand today, a couple uh, things that I'd like to cover as normal, uh, the patron logos, but something else, something a little bit more different and unique that I don't normally talk about, especially on the show, and I don't think I've ever really mentioned it on the show. And, uh, and, and that's really just the overall health and fitness of the Christian. And I did some videos, uh, last fall, maybe on Instagram. And I had a whole assortment of topics that I covered within, uh, the Christian faith in terms of fitness and, and, and being healthy and having, you know, treating your body right. And so, look, I'm not a fitness expert. I'm not a you know, dietary guru or anything like that. I'm just a small town, middle of America, nobody. And I come from experience because I used to be severely obese. I used to be over 315 or so pounds. Uh, and for my stature, I was, um, that's pretty heavy. And I'm only like five, nine, so I'm not real tall, but I, I experienced rapid weight gain. Cause after high school, I, I graduated weighing about a buck eighty, blew up to three fifteen, 
uh, over the course of the next five or six years. And then I lost it all within a couple, uh, within a year, really. I was down back down to 185 um, within about a year's time. And then I've since uh, kind of put on a little bit of weight. I'm, you know, cruising in the, in a comfortable 210 pound lane right now. And then I like to lose a little bit more. We're planning on a trip here in February. But one of the things that really helped me early was, you know, weightlifting. And so I went back and started lifting weights and eating better. And, and I felt great for a long time. And when I, when my daughter was born, I really kind of stopped lifting. So I haven't lifted for about four and a half years. And I noticed just incredible changes in my body. Obviously, I'm getting older. I'm in my late 30s now. It's crazy to think about that. But I've noticed the body obviously doesn't respond as quick. And it takes longer to heal. It takes longer to work through things. And so uh, I sought some additional help because diet and exercise just wouldn't fix my overall mood. I was tired, lethargic, uh, grumpy. I had no energy. I had no desire to do anything. I was just super complacent. And so I looked into how to fix this, and I came across a company called Prime Body, and they do hormonal treatments, and, and they do uh, a whole assortment of uh, work for the individual. So you get blood, you have to go give blood, and they run a blood test, and they determine what is you know the issue based upon that blood which is very common for men, which is very common for men. And in fact, uh, people listening to this show, if you're over the age of 25, you probably have low T. And so I got my blood work done and started uh, my regimen, and I have not felt better these last, really this last year than in my entire life. I feel like I'm 16 again. It's absolutely ridiculous how good it, it makes you feel. Like it just rejuvenates you. And so, um, for the last couple of weeks here, I've been getting up at about five or 6am depending on the day. And I go to the gym, I lift weights and then I come home, get, uh, right into the middle of doing work. And I've been so motivated and so driven for these last couple of weeks that I've accomplished far more than I thought I would. And that to me is huge because I've got a 10 or 11 month old now and a four and a half year old that I'm chasing around the house all the time. Uh, and my wife, works part-time, so she's gone sometimes in the evenings. We're doing big projects in the church, and so I'm dedicating attention there, and I'm still doing schoolwork, and I'm still doing this podcast, and I'm still preaching every Sunday, and, and, and the list goes on and on. And so my my advice is if you feel tired by 2 o'clock, and, and I'm talking, and this was the thing, I consumed so much caffeine that I never really realized it until I moved into ministry, and I stopped consuming caffeine. If you stop consuming caffeine for one week, just just do this as a test. Take caffeine out of your diet completely, 100%. Don't drink coffee. Don't drink soda. Don't do five-hour energy shots. Don't do um, caffeine pills or anything like that. Just cut all caffeine out for one week, seven days. And then you, you'll, if you're a high-caffeine consumer, you'll probably have rebounds within the first couple of days, and you'll have probably bad headaches and stuff. That's what happens to me. But I cycle now my caffeine. And I go a couple months on, and then I take a week or so off. And what I want you to to think about in this week is how tired are you by 2 o'clock, by 3 o'clock, by 4 o'clock? Are you just exhausted? Like you, you feel like your body's just wearing down? Because that was totally me last year. And so I went and got my blood work. I was crazy low, 
got on a regimen and I have not felt any better. And then, you know, and then to heighten it, I go and donate blood and cause my blood is in such need and I, and I feel even better because I'm doing that too. It's amazing what this will do. It, it changed my life and I'm a, I'm walking proof of it. I am 36 years old. I lift heavier than I, than I did when I was in my twenties. I have more cardio uh, vascular endurance than I did in my twenties. I feel like I'm playing football again in high school. I mean, I'm just lifting heavy weights for long periods of time and I'm absolutely crushing every workout I do. And it's because of that change. And so I, I decided I would love to help other people with this. And so I became an ambassador for him and I've gotten a, a, a couple of people that I know close to me. My brother does it. I've got another good friend who takes it. And there's a few others who uh, have, taken it as well. And in all of that, I know that they enjoy the results. They feel like they have energy. They feel like they are able to stay up and keep moving and crushing it. And so it is a tremendous change of pace. And so look, just get your blood work done, get some visibility on it. Talk to a, uh, talk to prime body. They'll get you the medical paperwork and they will assign you a doctor. If you go to a primary care physician and ask, for them to check your hormones, they don't know what to do. They are going to run a basic blood panel and they are going to find out nothing. And they're going to be like, oh, well, here, here's this little pill. And basically it's like an antidepressant that's going to maybe boost your energy like 5%. It's not going to do anything. Most primary care physicians don't understand hormones. And so Prime Body actually has licensed physicians across the entire country. So depending on what state you're in, you can go and You'll, you'll have a phone conversation with a doctor. They'll go over your, your results with you. They'll talk to you about what's wrong, why you're feeling the way you are, and they'll prescribe you whatever regimen if you decide to commit to it. And I can tell you, I've never felt better in my life. I'm sitting here, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and I feel like I can go run a race. I am just, I am pumped and ready to take on this day. And it has changed my life. And so you can go... Go to primebody.com, order your blood work, and use promo code AlexZinc, A-L-E-X-Z-E-N-K, all one word. And you can do that, and I'll have that in the show notes, but you can go and do that and get your blood work. For men, uh, I think I pay, I think I paid like 100 or 120 bucks or whatever. I went down to LabCorp, walked in, walked out, took me five minutes to get my blood work done, and then in three to five days, I had my results. And then I had a phone conversation with a doctor about a week later because I had to schedule it within my, my week. And within a couple of weeks, I had um, my my prescription in my hand. And I've been on it for a while. And I like I said, I feel better today than I did a year ago today uh, in August. And so I'm so thankful for what they've done. And I feel like that's a big piece to the success and overall movement of the Christian faith is is having people who are not chained and dedicated and, and driven to just consuming caffeine because caffeine over time is going to do a few things. It's going to really, it's going to draw more damage to your heart. It's going to um, really weaken a lot of the chemicals in your brain. And it's going to essentially put you kind of into a zombie state. And eventually you're going to find out that three cups of coffee isn't doing it anymore. So now you need to go to five. And then you need to go to eight. Then you need to add five hour energy shots in there. And then you need to do a cat. I mean, it just continues to amplify. And so I personally have tapered off of all of that. I consume very little caffeine through the day and and I feel better. I feel amazing, like a new person. It's crazy. So 
primebody.com, P-R-I-M-E-B-O-D-Y.com, and then promo code A-L-E-X-Z-E-N-K, and I'll have those in the show notes for you. But I just, I don't talk about it, but it's it's a life changer. If you feel like that, and, and women, you can even do it too if you're listening to this and you're female, by all means, check them out. Your blood panels, I know, are a little bit more expensive because you have a lot more complexity to your hormones, but it is well worth it to to take that plunge and find out why you feel the way you do. So that's that. Um, obviously, I'm not going to get into too much more on, on Patreon or Logos, but you can get 30% off Logos products right now um, off of commentaries and all sorts of different things, and then it's uh, 20% off of base packages. If you go to logos.com forward slash undying light, then if you want to come and support this show through Patreon, you can give a dollar a month or a little bit more, and uh, you'll get access to all sorts of different things. We're going to be doing weekly Bible studies starting next month, and you'll get sermon notes every week. You'll get the shows a couple weeks in advance before they air, and a a whole assortment of other things, chat access, Discord access, private videos, Zoom videos, all the sorts. So, so much for just a dollar a month or $10.20 a year. That's it. So here we are, Habakkuk chapter 3. This is the last chapter, and we open uh, with this prayer. And this will go on until the, almost to the very end of the chapter. And then from 17 to 19, we have uh, Habakkuk rejoicing in the Lord. And then that closes down uh, the, the, the little book that we just went through. So let's uh, go back to April, and she will read for us chapter 3. Here we go. Habakkuk, chapter 3. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to Shigianoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Taman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light, rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence, and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the mountains. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. I saw the tents of Kishan in affliction, and the curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers, or your indignation against the sea? When you rode on your horses... On your chariot of salvation. You stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped at the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors, who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I hear, and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, 
nor fruit beyond the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no fruit. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. To the choir master with string instruments. All right. Thank you so very much for that, April. I absolutely am uh, thrilled, blessed, and honored that you would take the time and record these for me and send them over to me. Uh, and just allow a different perspective, a different voice for reading these books instead of just listening to me drone on and on and then stumble over every word. So as mentioned, we begin with this very long prayer um, from Habakkuk. And he, uh, this is a designed in kind of the form of a, a, the form of a psalm. And we see this occurring in five different psalms, 17, 86, 90, 102, and 142. This is an intercessory prayer in the form of a psalm. And this view of the reference to the Lord's presence in his holy temple in the preceding verse in chapter 2, verse 20. Habakkuk's prayer was likely used in temple worship. And this shingle noth, the meaning of this musical term is uncertain. Interestingly enough, most commentaries suggest it refers to rapid changes of rhythm. Others think it's kind of a lament. So moving into the actual prayer itself in verse 2, uh, the report that he's calling for are the accounts of God's saving actions in Israel's past history, especially the Exodus. He says, In the midst of the years, revive it. In the present time, as the Lord chastises his people, Habakkuk prays that he will bring to life his salvation and punish the oppressor. This is also indicated in Psalm 89, verses 38 through 51. And in the wrath memory, uh, in wrath, remember mercy. The prophet asks God to temper his fierce wrath with his abundant mercy. The Hebrew uh, on wrath carries the nuance of agitation or excitement, which is an interesting version, uh, way of mercy to be translated here. Uh, this came from Teman. This is the Edomite territory. This is the home of Esau. Uh, which is south of the Salt Sea, as indicated in Genesis 36, Amos 1-2, and Obadiah verse 9. Uh, the Holy One, by his name, God reveals himself and is present as the transcendent God who rules over all the creation, separate from all that is sinful and impure. Uh, so continuing on, we got his brightness uh, was like the light Rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. This is verse 4. The brightness, the vision, the prophet exclaims is a theopony. It's a visible manifestation of God's power and glory. The God who dwells in an inapproachable light, as Paul notes in 1 Timothy 6.16, and whom no one can look at, as Moses writes in Exodus 33. He reveals his radiant presence in the bright and flashing rays. This is interesting because we see God revealing himself in various fashions, right? In uh, Exodus 3, he comes as a burning bush. If we go back to Genesis, we see him coming along as a traveler in some cases uh, when he goes to Abraham and Sarah. And then he comes as an angel of the Lord, as Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnation, when he wrestles with Jacob. Uh, and then, And then here, you know, we have one particular instance where God is being revealed in his brightness and glory 
And this is how Habakkuk re reports this. He can't physically see God because, as Moses indicates, nobody can look at a God and live. But God reveals himself in fashions to where he, he can be seen, right? Jacob wrestles with God. But interestingly enough, when you are in a wrestling match, I used to wrestle in junior high. And when you're in a wrestling match, uh, the chances are you, you try to get behind your opponent to control them. And so Jacob may not have actually seen the face of the pre-incarnation of Christ. There's a good chance that he probably didn't. Um, and, and then any other time, it's kind of hard to say whether or not we see Christ revealed and people can look at the face. Obviously, when Jesus is walking as the incarnation of Christ, we have people who see his face. That's a very common thing, but because he's fully man in that framework and fully God. So there's a whole lot we can talk about because the Old Testament is saturated with the pre-incarnation of Christ coming to his people. And that shouldn't uh, be anything new to people, really. It shouldn't drive people into something like, well, I've never heard that before. Because God reveals himself in the very beginning in Genesis 1-1 as the triune God. We see the spirit hovering over the waters. We see uh, God the Father speaking and the voice, the words of uh, what God was speaking is the Logos, that is Christ. John records that in one one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So a whole set of a phenomenal Christology is found in the Old Testament. All right, moving on into verse 5, uh, we have Habakkuk making the statement, Before him went pestilence, and plague followed at his heels. Uh, this is a reminder of the ten plagues that God revealed his glory and death and destruction going all the way back to Exodus chapter 7 through chapter 12. Uh, the pestilence is associated with a burning fever and the plague in Hebrew. Uh, the word is also the name of the Canaanite God of disease and healing. Though Habakkuk personally uh, personifies the word plague, Yahweh is the quote unquote only holy one as indicated back in verse 3. Uh, jumping down to verse 8, uh, we have Luther suggesting here that the questions could be answered either positively, thus a reference to God's wrath against his enemies, or negatively, God's grace by which he saved his people. Luther preferred the negative answer since the end of the verse points to God's salvation. Uh, he rode on your horses in your chariot of salvation. God is a mighty warrior who conquers the enemies of his people and brings them to salvation. Uh, the salvation is derived from the same root word that is na uh, that is the name given to Jesus, the Savior, indicated in Matthew one twenty one. So then we've got uh, a little bit kind of happening here in these next couple verses, but we just have uh, an assortment that he's praying still. Uh, verse 9, stripped of the sheet, this picture of a warrior taking his bow out uh, from its case on the chariot. Uh, the creation uh, personified uh, watches with fear and awe as God acts to punish and save uh, is indicated in verse 10. Um, jumping down to 13, we have your people uh, that he's referring to. And Tertullian says this, he says, those who shall look up and lift their heads being redeemed in the time of his kingdom. So we have uh, really these first 16 verses. Um it, it covering a, a span of a, of a multitude of things. And so Habakkuk is reflecting on the terrifying manifestation of God's power and glory. He prays for mercy, quietly confident 
of God's ultimate deliverance, even in the midst of great distress. Much in our lives brings anguish, fear, and even feelings of helplessness in our hearts, as Psalms 25, 16 through 18 indicate in Acts 14, 22. God does humble us under his mighty hand, but he does so in order to exalt us, as 1 Peter 5, 6 states. So I think this is a great reflection because we can still awe at the terrifying manifestation of God's power. And we, we can pay, pay attention to the things going on in the world. We, we, as Christians, shouldn't just chalk up you know, destructive forces of Mother Nature as just being the planet changing. These are things that God is in control of. If God is truly sovereign over all things, if he is sovereign over his creation, then when his creation is destructive, that is God bringing some sort of judgment to a particular people. Now, I, I think it's tragic when uh, you know, a natural disaster or anything like that happens and people uh, are killed in it. But we often see, too, uh, even like in the New Testament when Jesus talks, he uses an illustration in the early chapters of Luke uh, of a tower falling and killing a few people or the uh, king who abused his position and then went and killed a, a large group of people. And Jesus says both of these instances are equally tragic. He goes, but they're also there and, and displayed for you to call you back to repentance because what it shows you is how fragile the human life is. We are uh, one breath away from death. You know, we're one car trip. We're one walk up, up a flight of stairs. I mean, we we literally c- could die from the, the, the most craziest things. In fact, there was a show uh, a while back. I don't know if it's still on now. It was like a thousand and one ways to die. And they just had obscure ways. But interestingly enough, those aren't necessarily always out of the question. There's always something pressing in on the human uh, force or the human life to claim our lives. But we can also rest assured because it's not just by random chance that we die. It is God who numbers our days. And so when it is our time to die, there is no medical a miracle, there's no no medicine or anything that can save you. If God's calling you home, he's going to do it. And that goes on to continue to show God having power over life and death and over his creation, that he numbers the hairs on our heads. He knows the days of our lives. He knows all of that. And so shouldn't be any sort of concern when um, we reach the end of our life and he's calling us home. That is... For the Christian, the greatest joy we have. But again, death can come in the most obscure and crazy ways. So as we look at these last few verses here in uh, chapter 3, we've got uh, 17 and 18. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show real quick, is the we've got Habakkuk rejoicing now. But verses 17 and 18, this war uh, has stripped the land of its means of substance, deprived of the essentials of human survival, Judah's faith would be severely tested. The prophet's heartfelt conviction that the righteous shall live by faith in verse 4 of chapter 2 enables him to rejoice in spite of dire circumstances. He does so because he knows God is the salvation of his people. And we look at a quote here from Cyprian on this verse. He says, There flourishes with us the strength and hope and the firmness of faith, 
Among these very ruins of a decaying world, our soul is lifted up, and our courage is unshaken. Our patience is never in is never anything but joyous, and the mind is always secure uh, of its God. And so, I really like to stress that, you know, as as we see it throughout Scripture, mostly in the New Testament, but the righteous live by faith. And this is one thing I find. Um, that the Catholics and Roman Catholics don't really necessarily pay too much attention to are these types of verses because they're going to want to argue that, you know, you're saved by uh, faith and your behavior or your, or, you know, or your merits or whatever they want to add to it. And so it's always faith plus something. And what we have is, is a blunt demonstration back in chapter two of the righteous shall live by faith. And as Paul's quoting that Paul makes note in Romans one, and especially for Luther, he goes back and he quotes Paul with the foundation saying that it is by faith alone. There's nothing else. Faith stands by itself. And even though Paul didn't put alone in verse 16 and 17 of chapter one of Romans, that is, it is uh, emphasized to be just faith. There is not faith. And then something's not faith. Uh, and then your behavior or your works, your, your mood, you, you know, it, it's none of that. What you financially contribute, it's faith alone. And we see that demonstrated in the Old Testament. Abraham was justified by faith. He was not justified because of his circumcision. It was by faith. So these last few verses here of the book that begins with a complaint now ends with an expression of joyful confidence in God in the God of salvation. When we look at our, to ourselves and our own strength, we have reason to only to despair. But when we cast down and experience inner turmoil, we say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Beautiful way to end this interesting book. Uh, as it mentions, Habakkuk was kind of angry with God in the opening chapter. And then we see God's uh, prophecy and then we see uh, God remembering Israel, and we have Habakkuk rejoicing over that. And it all comes back to this, even in our distress, even in our worries, even in our turmoil, even in the things that we find to be increasingly hard to comprehend as human beings, our God stands above that. Christ has already gone through that fire to, to call us through it. And because he's gone ahead of us, we can experience peace in it. Even if it is persecution, even if it means facing certain death, we know that when we die, we will be with our Savior. And so death is not the end. It is merely the next step. So that wraps Habakkuk next week. We will look at Christian liberties and freedom, and we will dig into a post that I put up that seems to be drawing the line in the sand and have uh, gotten some good uh, opposing views to my position, and I, I have deep respect for these people who were very civil, but then there were some people who uh, wanted to essentially just pick fights. So we will talk a little bit about that next week and dig into the the uh, understanding from Lutherans on how we deal with freedom and liberty in our walk in this world. So that's next Friday. Tuesday, we continue the sacrament series and we are knee-deep in the Lord's Supper. We're working through it as I'm getting ready to record the next instance, which is going to be sometime in September dropping, like the second week, I think. Uh, we only, I'm only going to do two more episodes, maybe 
three if depending on how my mind works today, but I'm pretty sure I'm closing it down at two. So we're getting close to wrapping up. So we'll be done with that before the end of September. And that wraps that. So have a great weekend, guys. God bless. Get your butts to church. Participate in your church. Contribute to your church. Be active in your church. Churches desperately need you to get off your butt and go to church. And I and I hope those that are listening to this show are active in their church. I hope those that are listening to this show, it is second nature for you to wake up early Sunday morning and get to church. If it's a big church, small church, medium church, make sure you're there. Make sure you contribute. Make sure you help to push the kingdom uh, of God out into the world that is desperately needing it. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, have a great week. God bless. I will see you all later. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.